Hello everyone, I'd like to welcome you all to the latest installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column. Today we're going to be looking at an article on engineering and construction. The title of it is, Purchase Order, Contract, or Purchase Agreement, Which is Best for Your Procurement Strategy? So this is written by several people, uh, James Berg from Sherline Construction, there is uh, Ashim Palmer of Coim USA, Carl Rinchler, who is uh, a representative for Al Bashami Industries, and Gutam Shahani, who is retired from Sherline Construction. So, like I mentioned, you can subscribe to the Main Column Podcast. To do that, simply go to the Main Column Podcast site and hit subscribe, or you can use your smart device by saying, Hey Google, Alexa, or Siri. Subscribe me to the main column podcast. So purchase order contract or purchase agreement, which is best for your procurement strategy. Now procuring equipment, materials, and services are very important to a project's financial success. Extensive effort is focused on achieving quality purchases in a timely fashion at the best possible price. Most major companies procure materials and services globally. Therefore, a broad spectrum of sellers and external factors must be considered. To ensure that the supplies of products and services are consistent with what has been agreed to, purchase orders, contracts, and purchase agreements are widely used in the procurement process. Each of these approaches has its benefits and challenges. Sometimes a combination of these documents is used. So this podcast is going to actually describe each document type and highlight key differences and major factors influencing document selection. The task of procuring equipment, materials, and services generally represents one of the most influential responsibilities of a project regarding the team's ability to financially stay on track. Minimizing financial risk is at the heart of executing projects, so there's a large procurement focus on having safeguards in place to limit exposure. All of this creates a lot of attention on choosing the best and most comprehensive procurement documents when making project purchases. Purchase orders, contracts, and purchase agreements both at the local site and at the global level, are the document options most often considered in executing the procurement process. Project success requires tight controls on purchases to maintain quality, budget, and schedule. Using the proper procurement documents and the related processes can ensure that these goals are met. Project specifics should be considered in determining the right document for the application to avoid overkill and to also provide adequate risk protection. And in the end, utilizing the right procurement document and the appropriate process will go a long way to achieving project success. Now let's look at some of the definitions. Now before discussing which document is the optimum choice for procuring goods and services, it's always best to understand each. Now the following is going to be a uh, definitions of each document type. So we're going to start first with purchase order. So this is a commercial document that usually originates with a purchase requisition outside of the procurement department. A person outside of the procurement department who is often in engineering or project management has a request for materials, equipment, or services to support a project and therefore completes a requisition. The process is generally supported through an enterprise resource planning platform. To adequately depict the item or items being purchased, The requisitioner includes drawings and or specifications and may also include preferred vendors. Sometimes, early in a project, a pre-qualification phase is conducted and for these projects, only accepted vendors are considered. The purchase order needs to include specifications, descriptions, quantities, prices, and estimated receipt dates. 
The ideal purchase order includes payment terms and conditions as well. Many companies have their own standard terms and conditions with clauses that cover such items as confidentiality, guarantees, termination, dispute resolution, liabilities, insurance, and consequential damages. The purchase order can also refer to additional terms and conditions specific to equipment, materials, or services, which can make it as detailed as a purchase agreement. A purchase order is issued before there is an agreement between the parties. A purchase order is accepted when the seller accepts the terms of procurement by signing the PO or otherwise by acknowledging acceptance in writing. Now, another way a purchase order becomes a binding contract is by the seller providing the ordered goods. Now, let's move on to contract. This is a legal document that details the materials, equipment, or services being sold or purchased. Contracts set the agreed-upon prices, define the scope of work, and detail the terms and conditions of the purchase. Details may also be displayed as addenda or exhibits at the end of the, of the document. Now, the terms and conditions are typically more specific in contracts than in purchase orders. With a contract, the parties have worked out their agreement and both parties must sign it before it is issued. A contract will typically contain all the information that would be in a purchase order, but this document is often longer and a lot more detailed. So these documents are often developed and reviewed by the company's lawyers or by external lawyers. Typically, a contract will contain contract sums, change order processes, so in other words, changes in the work and depicting the manner in which they will be handled. It includes payment terms, billing terms, general provisions, dispute resolutions, and insurance requirements. Purchase orders become contracts once the vendor accepts them after insurance. But not every contract is a purchase order. Therefore, contracts are sometimes used in conjunction with purchase orders so that both legal and commercial aspects of the purchases are addressed. Now we'll move on to purchase agreement. Now this document is essentially a contract and it contains the same information as previously discussed. Generally, local and global sites try to use common equipment, materials, or services which are driven by a corporate group. In real estate transactions, the terminology of a purchase agreement is used in creating a binding contract. The document used to purchase services is often called a contract or service agreement. For materials or equipment, the document is typically called a contract. As with a contract, a purchase agreement becomes binding between the buyer and the seller as soon as it is signed and before issuing. This document also has a specific start and expiration date. Now, the following is going to be some key considerations. Now, there is no simple rule that determines whether to use a purchase order or a contract. The choice depends on the nature of the transaction and on the relationship between the buyer and the seller. So the following are some important considerations. One, commodities versus services. So commodities, so steel pipe, concrete, things like that, are well-defined in terms of size, shape, and materials. Prices for commodities from various suppliers can easily be compared. The purchase of these materials is routine and entails little risk. Therefore, purchase orders with standard terms and conditions are appropriate for this type of purchase, especially if it is a one-time transaction. For repeat purchases, a blanket purchase order is used to expedite the transaction. A blanket purchase order often contains discount pricing based on volume, and this kind of arrangement is good for both the buyer and the seller. Conversely, services tend to be unique and are typically site-specific. The scope, complexity, and duration are influenced by conditions at the site. Now, a good example is a site management agreement. Therefore, the transaction is more complex and open-ended. 
A contract is more useful in this situation to cover price, warranty, insurance, force majeure, liability, and termination stated in the general terms and conditions document. Number two, short-term versus long-term agreements. Well, purchase orders are typically used for single business transactions, although blanket purchase orders are commonly used for repeat orders. Contracts and purchase agreements are used for the long-term agreement between the buyer and the vendor. Contracts may also include renewal options. For multiple year contracts and purchase agreements, there are generally provisions to allow for agreed upon price increases for future years that are generally pegged to a mutually agreed upon benchmark or index. Number three, risk. Price is usually at the forefront of people's minds when making a purchase. However, equally important is the risk associated with quality and schedule. Getting a low price may not constitute success if the delivery of the product or service is delayed or if the quality is subpar. Now, the main components of a construction contract have been described in literature. The important risks are associated with an event that could not have been foreseen, so things like acts of God, floods, hurricanes, or fire. It may be important to include language in terms of limits of liability and liquidated damages. In these situations, a contract, which is legally binding, would likely be appropriate. To minimize risk, many contractors carry bid bonds and performance bonds, which guarantee the bid and performance of the work. Number four, dollar value. The absolute magnitude of the transaction needs to be considered in relation to the cost of developing a contract. For example, if the transaction for a grassroots petrochemical plant is worth millions of dollars, it is certainly worth creating a detailed contract and developing the necessary legal paperwork by using external professional legal services or company lawyers. If the transaction is a routine purchase of office supplies that can be obtained from other suppliers in a worst case scenario, then a purchase order may suffice. Next, ease of use. It is a good idea to minimize paperwork and contractual documents, given the nature of the transaction. Paperwork does not add value to either party, and it is the interest of both parties to keep it simple while protecting their individual interests. Having a sound and robust enterprise resource planning platform in an electric document management system certainly helps. Next, relationship. A purchase order or contract is helpful to both the buyer and the seller. It defines the transaction precisely on paper, thereby removing uncertainty, reducing risk, and creating a certain level of comfort. If the buyer and seller have a long-standing relationship based on mutual trust built on positive prior experiences, the paperwork can be simplified. Paperwork is needed to resolve conflict if something goes wrong. If the transaction proceeds smoothly and both parties are satisfied, the paperwork is usually redundant and sits in a file. Very rarely do conflicts get escalated to a court of law. However, it does happen when the right strategy is not adopted and followed correctly. International versus domestic procurement. So depending on the local costs and materials and labor, international procurement can save money. When purchases are just as likely to be made internationally as they are domestically, it's important to be extra vigilant regarding foreign purchases and logistics, as well as shipping and customs complexities. In other words, things like import taxes. More specific contract language is usually warranted with international purchases to keep the process on track. Therefore, a contract is preferred over a purchase order with standard terms and conditions. Governing regulations vary from country to country, so it's important to explicitly spell out procurement requirements. There should even be a discussion of dispute resolution if the process reaches loggerheads. This may involve the courts in a neutral location. Extra effort is needed to understand local codes and custom duties. 
Time differences, along with culture and language differences, can also add complexities to the procurement process. Very often, it is desirable to use a combination of the approaches previously described. Using a combination of approaches. Now, there may be instances where it is prudent to use both a contract and purchase orders. An example in this case is where multiple purchases of different commodities and or services will be made from a given vendor through the course of a project. A contract can be used to define overall requirements with specific terms and conditions. Then, each purchase with this vendor can be made with a simplified purchase order. Another reason for a contract with a purchase order is to highlight the importance of project requirements. For example, if a process plant or a skid unit is engineered and partially fabricated at a different location or country, and if the balance of work is required to be completed at the buyer's site, using local materials and services, then such a combination approach can be taken. Again, the devil is in the details, and the project scope must be written clearly and also understood and agreed upon by both parties. This is particularly important with complex projects or in cases where delivery requirements are unique and critical. Now, here's some limitations of each approach. So the limitations of each procurement document may be obvious from this podcast. However, to reiterate, a purchase order is the simplest document used in making a project purchase, but it may not be sufficiently detailed enough with respect to the contract requirements. A purchase order does not become a contract until it is accepted by the seller. Conversely, a contract ensures an early agreement between the buyer and the seller. Additionally, contracts tend to be more comprehensive entailing risk, schedules, scopes, etc., and may be viewed as cumbersome for simple purchases. Now finally, procurement, project procurement is generally the major factor determining whether a project stays on track financially. The lowest price is important for the buyer. However, factors such as quality and timely delivery are very critical, and all details must be holistically considered. The challenge is to select a procurement document that provides the necessary protection, but that is not overly burdensome or complicated for the buyer and seller. By applying the guidelines presented here regarding the selection of a purchase order, contract, or purchase agreement, the strong points of each document are clear and there is an understanding of any limitations. At the end of the day, procurement is not the only driver for a successful project, but it certainly is a key activity influencing project metrics. A sound strategy that is executed properly will eventually help a company develop a good vendor relationship with a fruitful win-win partnership for both parties. Again, we want to thank you for listening to the latest installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column.